Oh, you guys. Oh, shucks. You can sit down. Thank you, guys. I, I am so glad that I get to be in the house with you guys today. I just want to quick give a little shout out. Josh, I love you, man. You're such a beautiful man and uh, just a, a lovely servant of God. And of course, President Graham, like uh, you, literally you are the man for the job right at this moment. And I pray for your leaders, everybody. I want to encourage you, pray for your leaders. There is spiritual warfare uh, amidst every leadership position. And I, I always want to encourage you guys, just pray for your leaders. And of course, we got, we got a couple substance people in the house anywhere. Just raise your hand. Anybody? I got my fan squad up front. That's not fair, but I, I pay them to come cheer me on. There's nothing better than paid encouragers. Can I just say that? It's great to kind of get to the level where everybody can just be like, wow, you're amazing. Thank you. Here's your check. Uh, you know, no, for real, though, I, I, uh, I, we, I'm, I'm excited. My daughter is with me in the house. She just graduated. Elijah, raise your hand real quick. She's like, I don't like this. Dad, come on. Um, and then, of course, we, we have uh, Drew Shep, our downtown campus pastor. Many of you guys know him. Just wanted to point out a couple people. But, uh, hey, listen, it's the start of a school year, and nothing is more exciting than the awkward first couple weeks. Come on, somebody, right? You got that awkward new roommate, and you're sitting next to him now. How fun. Come on, just acknowledge it. Hey, hey, I love you. Just acknowledge it. It's awesome, you know what I mean? Because others of you, you're, you're, you're sitting next to your old awkward roommate, and you're BFFs now. How awesome is that? You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I love it. But here, let me tell you, it, this year can be your best. This year can be the, the year that the Lord is going to open up doors that you're going to talk about forever. And I want to tell you about one of my college years that ended up opening up doors forever. So that way you guys can realize just how sacred this moment is. How sacred, the, if I was to tell you this, in the next six months, it's going to alter your destiny in the most profound way, better than you could ever imagine, would you take it serious? Or if I said the reverse, the next six months, how you behave can affect your destiny for the rest of your life for the worse. How many of you would also pay attention? Okay, well, I can tell you with absolute certainty that those facts are true, and you guys have the opportunity to choose the better one than the worse one, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how you can do that. Now, just, uh, just be before I do that, though, I'm going to uh, give you a little backstory. Actually, before I planted substance here in the Twin Cities, I, I, my wife and I pastored a church in Wisconsin for the better half of about 10 years. Come on, Wisconsinites represent. Come on. And, uh, okay, I just had to give a little shout out. No, I, 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 here's the thing. I was pastoring in Wisconsin, but I had heard all these stats on the Twin Cities, how it was one of the youngest metropolitan cities in the United States. More than 68% of the metro is under 34 and yet less than 1% of them go to church. 
And it really broke my heart. I, I started praying for the Twin Cities for the better half of about two, three years because we were sending a lot of our college students to the Twin Cities. And I kept thinking, less than 1% serve the, go to church on a regular basis. How awful is that? And uh, I, of course, you know how it is when you pray for things, all of a sudden your heart grows for it. I felt like the Lord was like, hey, Peter, I want you to resign your church, move to the Twin Cities, and plant a, an arts-oriented church that reaches young people. And at the time, it was kind of crazy because, you know, we were pretty well set. Our, our church had everything in Wisconsin. I mean, we had, a, we, we had a, an auditorium larger than this. We had a youth auditorium about this size. We had, we had all sorts of things that were really good, and, and we were very comfy, okay? I had a K-12 K through 12 Christian school, free tuition for our kids, and then all of a sudden, we're going to resign it to, like, start from scratch? I mean, it sounded crazy. So I, I remember I, I called up several of my mentors, and I was like, hey, for, who lived out of state, and I was like, am I crazy for resigning a church to start from scratch? And they said, well, you know, Peter, um, less than 1% of all church plants survive the decade. So there are risks, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I wouldn't do this, you know, incautiously, but I, I, how about this, Peter, how about you just dedicate the next just couple months to prayer and fast, fasting? Just let, let's really seek the Lord together about this. And so my mentors and I really engaged in prayer and fasting because I didn't want to screw up my church uh, that I was pastoring. And, and, and so at the time, I kept telling my wife, wouldn't it be fun just to like, what if we started in Roseville, Minnesota, right at the center of the Twin Cities, and then just let's roll from there. You know, let's just see what the Lord does. And so I had been kind of targeting Roseville in my heart, but we decided to, we, we decided we're not going to move until the Lord prophetically, supernaturally confirms where we're supposed to go. And so we were just praying. We didn't tell anyone in our church, obviously, that we were even thinking this, okay? Because I didn't want, you know, if the Lord said no, stay here for another 10 years. I wanted to obey and I didn't want to screw it up, right? So get this, uh, uh, in the middle of our prayer and fasting, a woman comes up to us in our church and she said, pastor, I had the funniest dream last night that you and your wife, Carolyn, you guys moved, you resigned our church here and you moved to the Twin Cities. There was a suburb there called Roseville, and like, I'm sure you've never heard of it. I, I, the only reason why I know about it is because my daughter uh, went to college up there. And, um, and you moved there to plant a church, and the Lord was in it, and the Lord blessed you, and it was amazing. And then she laughed. Isn't that funny? I know you'd never do that. Okay. How specific is that? I mean, a random couple doing a random thing in a random suburb of a random city like, I mean, what are the odds? I was like, literally, that, like, God, how clear could you get? Well, guess what? He got even clearer because guess what? He did that to two more people. And it got to the point where I'm like, okay, God, I get it. I'm going to resign. Fine. You know, like, but, but, okay, how many, now, how many of you know that mattered because when we moved here and times got tough and they always get tough when you fulfill the plan of God? always. The presence of suffering doesn't mean you're not doing God's will. In fact, actually, that's what the Bible promises, that when you obey the Lord, it's going to get tough. Well, guess what? When times got tough, how many of you know it really, really helped to have that supernatural confirmation to know I was truly, 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 truly called? 
Now, when we live without that absolute certainty, guess what? Doubt creeps in. And that's when all of a sudden we lose it all. And we're like, God, where are you? And I know that you guys have never prayed that prayer before. But, like, you know, for me, I was kind of a whiner. You know what I mean? Like, God, where are you? Well, guess what? He always reminded me, hey, Peter, I've called you. And because I called you, I'm equipping you. You just need to chill. Okay? And for some of you, that's your word today. It's chill. Okay? Others of you, but l- l- the reason why I'm sharing this is because a, pr- a lot of Christians, I'm going to be honest, a lot of Christians pretend to seek the Lord, and then they get frustrated that, why don't I have that type of clarity, Pastor Peter? Well, it's because you're not actually seeking the Lord. Or, or they do seek it. A lot of Christians do seek the Lord's will, but they seek it in all the wrong ways, and they, they don't have mentors, and they don't, or they go to their mentors for confirmation, not impartation. They go to their mentors where they just want their mentor to agree with them or they want their mentor to just ride on their back like baby Yoda and just like encourage you strong with the force you are you know like just as if somehow that's what mentors do and you know they just tell you what you want to hear you're good you are you know like no a mentor is going to actually disagree with you and then sometimes you're going to have to actually listen it's kind of hard Okay? A lot of people, they, they seek the Lord's will, but they're not doing it in the right way, and so they're still confused. And here's the truth. I really do believe that God wants to speak to you supernaturally about your major, your vocation, your spouse, but there are a few things about the kingdom that are counterintuitive. And so today and tomorrow, I, I want to share a couple of those things that will increase that clarity and make this year awesome. But And I'm going to share a lot of miracle stories, but before I do that, I want to quickly recap the story of Cornelius at Acts chapter 10. How many of you guys remember the story of Cornelius? Just just a couple of you? Okay, well, let me recap it real quick, okay? The, The Bible says that Cornelius, he had a basic knowledge of God, but he did not know about Jesus, the name by which he would be saved, okay? So he is missing a critical piece of information about God, and yet the Bible says that, that in, he still had a limited knowledge of God, and he obeyed that limited knowledge, okay? So he knew that God existed enough where he prayed and he was generous, okay? So the point is, is that he, he's, he's missing salvation, but he still is being faithful to the knowledge that he's got, okay? So now check this out, Acts 10 2. Um, it says this, Cornelius was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave, listen to this, gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. He, he did what? Gave generously to the poor, and he did what? Prayed regularly, regularly. That means, that's a descriptor of how frequently he did it. Regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said. And Cornelius stared at him in terror. Okay, the Greek word translated terror means to be completely horrified. Like watching a horror movie and you are freaking out, okay? Like I'm talking like wet your pants terror, okay? We're not talking about like, ooh, look at an angel, okay? We're talking about he's horrified, okay? Keep in mind, according to Scripture, a lot of times when angels showed up, they were terrifying, okay? In fact, a lot of times you'll notice that when angels showed up, the first words out of their mouth were, do not be terrified, okay? Listen, if you got to tell people that every time they look at you, you're scary, 
I'm just saying, okay, if that, like, if, if every time people see you, you have to say, do not be afraid, okay, you're scary, okay, and that's a pretty good sign that angels do not look like naked babies with wings, I'm sorry, Donatello, Michelangelo, all the famous painters. They're not naked babies, right? Because if a, if a naked baby with wings showed up and said, do not be afraid, I'd be like, I'm not. <laughs> you are a naked baby. That's so cute. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unless maybe if it was like a huge naked baby. <laughs> that might be scary. But there's actually a, dis- there, listen, there's an angel by the name of the destroying angel, right? I mean, come on, people name their kids after angels. This is my son, Michael Gabriel, and then my other son, the destroying angel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and what, I, okay, wouldn't it be ironic if the destroying angel was actually like a 10-story tall naked baby with wings? I would, I would love that. I would, anyway, okay, so I digress. I, Listen, the Bible actually teaches there's a lot of different types of angels, okay? Angel in the New Testament is kind of a catch-all term in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there were cherubim, there were seraphim, there was ophanim, there were gibirim, there was malachim, elohim, okay? There were a lot of different divine beings that each of which had a very, very distinct role in the kingdom of God. In fact, actually, uh, tonight at our Northtown campus, I'm doing an entire message on demonology. So if you're really bored and you want to hear about Satan's flowchart, um, you'll love it. Uh, I, pro- uh, you know, but for real, it's actually okay. Cause every, every word that I just named, there is a fallen counterpart and they have a very specific role in the devil's kingdom too. Okay. So I think it, it, it helps to, to study these things, but my point is angels can be terrifying if they show up in their full glory. So in verse four, Cornelius, he, he sees this angel, he's terrified and he whimpers out like, what is it, sir? He asked the angel and the angel replied, get this, your prayers And your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now, send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. Of course, and just to recap the story, Peter ends up um, having a vision at the exact same time, ends up coming to Cornelius' household, leads all of them to Christ. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the rest is history. You and I are here because of Cornelius, okay? So now, I, let's just stop and think for a second. God was so moved at Cornelius being generous and praying that he, he gave him a revelation even to the degree of sending him a street address. Now, if you're wondering, what about those who haven't heard that are in the middle of nowhere of like the South American jungle? Listen, this is a God who loves to reveal himself and anybody who is absolutely seeking the Lord, they will find, okay? So I just wanted to point that out really quick. But as I meditated on this, let me just say, if you were out there and you wanted to move God's heart, like move him to give you supernatural revelation, I think right here, according to scripture precedent, that prayerfulness and generous living is a great place to start. I mean, I'm just saying some of us, we need, we desperately need a revelation about our lives, about for our, to decide our major, to decide our spouse, to decide a million things. Listen, I need more revelation in my life. And if that's you, if you want a mind-numbing revelation from God, guess what? Prayerfulness and generous living, according to Bible precedent, is a great place where you want to start. Some of you are thinking, well, I got the prayerfulness thing down, but how am I supposed to be generous, right? I'm a poor college student, and I don't have any money. 
you're like, MCU is taking all my money. Sorry, uh, uh, President Graham. No, you're doing a great job. Uh, it's worth it. No, I, I just, for real though, I, you could be generous with all sorts of stuff. Your time, okay? You can be generous with patience, with prayer. You can be generous with forgiveness. You can be generous with a lot of things, okay? So when I went, I, I actually went to the University of Minnesota. I didn't even know that North Central existed because I was a brand new believer, Okay, I, I gave my life to Christ. I was a DJ in a nightclub. I'm like, God, if you exist, reveal yourself to me. 30 seconds later, a guy shared Christ with me in the nightclub. So freaked me out. Went to church with him and devoted my life to ministry. Well, I, I was going to the U of M. And so then I, for, for English, and then I decided to go for Hebrew, right? Really practical stuff, right? So I, uh, I so, but I, I, Every day, every day I'd go down by the river flats and uh, by the Mississippi and I would pray in tongues for an hour. And I just, I was so scared at the time, like, God, I do not want to, I had already missed out on, uh, on so much in the first couple decades of my life. I did not want to miss the Lord's will anymore. And I just, so every day I prayed in tongues for an hour, God, just speak to me. If you do a movement on earth, let me be a part of it, even if it's just a small part. And I prayed every single day. And then what I would do is I would stop after praying for an hour, I would stop and I would just listen to the Holy Spirit. Any divine nudges, I would just write them down. And uh, one day, I just sensed God. It was like almost like downloading my email for the first time in like a year. It was just like this gushing amount of information. The Holy Spirit just spoke to me. Peter, if you really want a Cornelius-level revelation, if you really want me to open up doors for you that will change you and your family and your history, if that's what you really want, I want you to do these three things and write them down. So like, yes, Lord, anything, right? And it was this, Peter, I want you to lead a Bible study for all of the skeptics in your dormitory on U of M. I want you to lead just, just tough questions about the Bible. Just lead that. Two, I want you to get painfully involved in a local church and, and not just go to a local church that gives you, you know, money to lead worship. I'm talking about you go and you serve in the department. You don't want to serve in where they have the greatest need. You walk up to the pastor you are called to and you say, where's the toughest area where you're struggling to get the most volunteers? Let me serve there. That's what you're supposed to do. Get painfully involved in a local church. And then the third thing he spoke to me was, I want you to get a part-time job and give all of the money away to missions. Okay? And now, I, to be fully honest, I was like, <laughs> time out, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, how the heck am I supposed to do that? I mean, for starters, I'm an introvert. I hate people. I don't want to do a Bible study. I don't want to like, I, like, besides if I do a Bible study, I won't have time to play Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? Or I, I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, I, I will happily read a book for Jesus. Come on, where are my introverts at? Come on, re represent. Okay, yeah, right. So I'm I'm like, God, how am I supposed to do that? I, I just, secondarily, God, I don't have a car. I can't even afford a car. How am I supposed to get painfully involved in a church? And immediately the Holy Spirit was like, use the bus. <laughs> yeah, but buses are scary. Like, Lord, I said I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, like, and he's like, get a, he's like, use the bus, meet friends that have cars, Talk them into doing that ministry with you so your schedule syncs up and it will work out. Yes, Lord. 
Third thing, it was like, get a job. And I'm like, God, there's no jobs around here that I, I mean, if I can't drive to it, that means I have to work food service. And the Lord is like, yes, do it and give it all away to missions. All of it, God? Yes. And I was like, okay, I, I had to make a decision in that moment. Do I want Cornelius-level revelation, or do I want to be like the average person just walking through life? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, it was almost like the Lord was like, Peter, come on. If you do these things, I could change your life like this. I could speak to a famous person to discover you and give you all the influence. I could speak to a rich person, and they give you all their money. Like, I could dump infinite opportunity on you if you have the character for it. Like, really, if you want to know what you don't have time for, you don't have time to live life without favor. Favor. God wants you to walk in favor, and it's not always based on your intelligence or anything else that you are pursuing at the moment. And guess what? When I finally shut up and did what the Lord told me to do, I ended up having crazy favor. So I launched that Bible study, and not only did a lot of people get saved, I mean, like right out of the gate, 12 of my dorm people, uh, students got saved, and they, they were not coming from a church background at all. I mean, we literally were packing out my dormitory with like 25 people, just all of them asking really complicated questions, and I didn't even know the answers, but I, I just said, well, I'll find out this week with you is what I ended up saying every single week, okay? I was not a Bible expert, right? I'm just an ADHD kid from Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, and then guess what? A pastor heard about my Bible study, and he just took, you know, compassion on me, started mentoring me. And then another pastor heard about how I was giving away all this money to this mission organization, um, by working that dumb food service job, and he was just so blessed by that. And listen, apparently the Lord spoke to that pastor when he saw that, and he goes, he told the pastor, that's your heir apparent for your church. And I didn't even know it. He actually hired me, and get this, within three years, as a 24-year-old, I took over a church with a couple thousand members in Wisconsin that had a K through 12 Christian school as a 24 year old that had a had a, actually just started a four year Bible college at it and I just and here's the truth okay I was not talented enough for that opportunity I was not smart enough for that opportunity there was no degree or resume that could have kicked open that door what was it it was favor favor. And here's the good news. If you're willing to embrace a Cornelius lifestyle, I think God has that for you too. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that God is a genie in a bottle that if you just rub the lamp on all the right ways, all your dreams will come true. But what I am saying is God has a crazy number of miracles that he would love to dump on each one of you, but he loves you way too much to give you miracles that will destroy you. Many of you, if God actually answered your prayer for a spouse, it would just be disastrous. Trust me, your roommate knows that. Because guess what? God has an agenda that's much more important than you fulfilling your dreams. And what's that? It's the character to sustain his dreams. And I want you to start this year 
with all of that in mind, okay? Because, and, and listen, God is going to routinely challenge you, your character in this. He's going to test it. He tests my character every couple of years. In fact, actually, the Lord told me to resign that church, even though I had everything to start from scratch. And then the Lord told me again, even, even after all of that, after our church started growing, the Lord was like, Peter, um, even after 10 years of, of our church, the Lord is like, I want you to empty all your bank accounts and start from scratch. Just give all the money away once again, and trust me to provide for you supernaturally. And once again, God literally started just like the moment we emptied our bank accounts is the moment that all of a sudden God started giving us miracle building after miracle building after miracle building. I mean, literally, our assets jumped by $30 million in four years after we emptied out our bank accounts. And so if you're wondering if Cornelius' lifestyle does result in opportunity, it does. The question is, are you willing to actually step up and obey the Lord and take those sacrifices on? And so tomorrow I'm going to get into some really practical things on how to accelerate your dreams. But listen, all of that is worthless if you don't have the character to sustain that. And so I want you to close your eyes right now, and we're going to end with this. I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to just listen to those nudges of the Holy Spirit, kind of like me on the, on the river flats of the Mississippi that day. God speak to me. And some of you, God's going to start speaking to you about some tweaks that you need to make in your life. And he's going to say, hey, you, you, maybe for some of you, it's going to be similar. I want you to get involved in a church. Others of you, it's going to be like, hey, I want you to lead a Bible study. Others of you, it's, hey, I want you to deal with your sexual purity this year. This is the year to get accountability. Others of you, the Lord's saying, hey, I want you to start memorizing Scripture with more intensity. Just, I really believe that if you just let the Holy Spirit speak in this moment, some of you, you're going to have that dramatic, life-altering moment that, that I had. I mean, if I was to tell you, what if in three years, God was going to give you an insane promotion? The question is not, does God have insane promotion for you? The question is, are you going to be ready for it? Or is God going to have to say, up, oh, give him another, give him another three, give him another 40 like Moses. Listen, you do not want to miss the favor of God. And it is not based on how smart you are and how skilled you are. It is based upon ultimately one thing, how constantly do you surrender and live the generous lifestyle that God needs you to live in order to have the character to sustain his dreams. And so, Heavenly Father, you see every person in this room. You see all the dreams that you've placed in their hearts. You see all the details that you have for each of them. And God, I know that you, that some of the greatest leaders, doctors, pastors, teachers in this city that the city has ever seen is sitting in this room right now. Father, I just water that seed in the name of Jesus Christ, and I pray that you would give them the faith and the boldness to react to your Holy Spirit in this moment. God, we cannot afford for this group here to not be fully alive to your call. And I pray that as we talk about acceleration today and tomorrow, Lord, that they would truly respond to it and that this would be a moment we will look on from eternity as the moment that you changed this region. And we pray all these things in your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.